Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are men versus women, previewing this year's edition of The Match. The Columbus Blue Jackets are looking for a new GM, Jacques Vaughn out in Brooklyn. The men's top 16 seeds are revealed for the big dance. About one month away from March Madness, whose bubble will stay intact and whose will burst. Assistant Chief for Fire Brigade tonight, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. Uh, glad to be here on a Thursday night in my basement here. Uh, the Chief Chief is out. He had uh, dinner plans with uh, some family friends tonight, so he won't be joining us here in the studio. So just Matt and I holding down the holding down the fort here. But uh, you know, like Matt mentioned, get a little bit of uh, golf golf talk golf talk here. Um, you know, this early rendition of of the match. You know, I think this is the the ninth or tenth edition of, of this you know event that we've had, and uh, we get a couple of couple of firsts in this in this one. Um, you know, one of those first being we have you know women playing in this in this thing for the first time, um, and the second second thing um, going to be a four player you know format, all of them playing for each other. There's nobody playing as a team in this one. It's an individual. Yeah, okay individual sports so all four people are playing against each other uh to see who comes out comes out on top which is you know different than what we were kind of used to seeing in the past where it's always been like a pair of two versus another pair of two but this one they decided to go uh completely individual so um you know the, the people that are participating in this year's edition um Rory McIlroy um and Max Homa you know from from the men's from the PGA tour and then you got Rose Zhang and uh, Lexi Thompson, the, the two girls from from the L, LPGA that are that are competing in this thing. So, Matt, what's your what's your initial thoughts on on the match this year? Yeah, the, the match is always fun, but I, I think it's always fun because they they kind of bring some of the other sports into this thing. It, it kind of brings a cross promotion. So, you know, I, I I mean, I like that they're getting the ladies involved, and I, I think that'll be be fun to watch, but. It loses a little bit being just golfers in my mind, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, these are some spectacular golfers they got coming out here. You got Royal Mac, Rory McIlroy, who's uh, number two in the world right now. Uh, Lexi Thompson of the ladies, she's number 36 in the world on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And you got Max Homa, who's number eight in the world on the men's side, right. and Rose Zhang, number 21 in the world on the women's side. Yeah. I was also kind of looking through the, through the list of the world's women's rankings yeah. and was kind of surprised. On the two women they they did choose in this mm-hmm. deal, you know, I, you got number two and number eight for the men, right? Right. And you got twenty one and thirty six right. for the women. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess what happened to the top <laughs> top lady golfers right, that, right. that they switched it up with these two? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not real sure. Right. But you know, this is always entertaining. Uh, it's a twelve hole skins match. Uh, on the par threes uh, in this round, yeah. uh, the, they're all going to golf from the same tee. Yeah. And all the other holes, it's uh, the men are going to golf from the men's tee, the women's from the women's tee. So yep. you know that keeps things a little, little even for all of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how the how the ladies can hang with the with the pro men here. Right, right, yeah. And, uh, if we failed to fail to mention, uh, this event actually going to be taking place on Monday, uh, the twenty sixth, February, uh, under the lights, six thirty p.m. Right. Eastern time, uh, over on TNT. Um, in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, playing at the uh, Park City Municipal Golf Course down there uh, in Florida. So, going to be interesting to see, you know, a little bit of, you know, 
different style as well, getting right. to play under the lights, obviously, you know, not something that's that's common or, you know, not something that happens at all yeah. on, the, on the PGA or LPGA tour. Yeah, so uh, all four are going to be mic'd up and right. able to talk to the announcers. So right, that, right. That brings a little fun to it. Yeah, yeah. It uh, will be will be interesting. Um, you know, all, you know, always at the end, it's, they're not playing for really anything other than, you know, charity at this right. point. It's always, you know, charity benefits from this and, you know, just bragging rights at this point to say, you know, I, I, I beat some of the best golfers and, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, kind of a fun kind of, you know, laid back event, if you will. Right. Um, but, you know, Vegas, they've already, of course, you know, cause you can bet on everything mm-hmm. Vegas, you know, throughout, throughout odds for, for this event and probably to no surprise, Rory McIlroy is the favorite, right. but uh, even though he's, the favorite, he's still plus money in this. He's plus mm-hmm. 210. Uh, Max Homa comes in behind him at plus 230. Uh, then you got Rose and Lexi both tied at plus 300. So, you know, actually pretty pretty evenly, you know, distributed there. Right. You know, not really, you know, one person, com- you know, completely ahead of the other. Um, so it, it, it could be uh, anybody's match, you know, only playing 12 holes, you know, and anything can happen in, in that small, you know, small sample size there. Um and every hole has a different amount that gets contributed to charity. So uh, depending on who wins it, that's how much money gets donated. Obviously, at the end of the thing, whoever has won the most holes is determined the winner. Also, that would mean that they contributed or they gathered the most charity money as right. well. So, um, you know, the, the, again, it's all for the benefit of, you know, uh, you know, a charity organization of some sort. So it's, it's you know, nothing else other than other than that. But. You know, it's a good a good time. You know, they're all mic'd up to kind of get to see them. Even though they are all professional golfers, you get to see them again in somewhat of a laid-back, different, you right. know, style that this is for nothing other than to, to benefit a charity. I, so. I don't imagine we'll get some of the trash talk we've got in some of the other, <laughs> right. you know, mic'd up right. uh, matches. You right. know, I think it's going to be a little more civil probably <laughs> right. amongst the group. Right, right. Um, you know, but – as always, you know, the announcers, TNT, you know, Charles Barkley will be in the mix. So I, I, I anticipate him. He, he might start the trash yeah, talk. Yeah, being the instigator and, you know, trying to trying to get, you know, get something started, get, get the pot stirred or whatever. But, uh, you know, you know the, the, the four golfers that are playing in this, you know, just a little bit of, you know, background on them. Obviously, everybody knows Rory McIlroy, mm-hmm. four-time major champion in, in the PGA. Um, Max Homa. No, no majors under his belt, but he has won six times on the PGA. Um, Rose is kind of the the wild card, if you will. Um, just joined the uh, LB, LPGA last May um, mm. after winning two individual NCAA golfing titles at Stanford back to back years, um, and then so joined. Explain a little more about her inclusion in this. Thing. Joined the LP, LPGA in May and won the very first event she she participated in, okay. um, and then Lexi Thompson's been on the been on the tour for a while. Um, she's an eleven time uh, winner on the LPGA tour, okay. and um, a little bit of history. So. This past fall, she participated in a a golf tournament that was a mixed event between men and women, Mm -hmm. and she was, I don't know, maybe one or two strokes from making the cut of, you know, somewhat of a, uh, you know, uh, actually, it might have been mostly just a PGA Tour event. She might have just gotten, like, a special exception to play in this, and she almost made the cut and, you know, know, continued to compete into the the weekend, but, uh, so I think, yeah, it's going to be, going to be fun, um, yeah, even though Rose and you know Lexi may not be as highly ranked, I think that they still are competitive golfers. Still, yeah. 
you know, have an opportunity to go out there and go out there and play. And, um, you know, like you, like you mentioned, teeing off from the same tees on the par three, right. you know, it's anybody's game at that, at that point. And, um, you know, the women don't obviously don't typically always have the distance or don't have the distance like the men, but, you know, it, it's in the details that usually the, the women, you know, are better at, or, you know, the short game, the small, you know, small stuff. And, um, obviously golf is a combination of all the things to, to right. win. You can't just be good at just driving. You have to, you know, put it all together to, right. to, to win, to win an event. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's all in the benefit, benefit of charity and, you know, something to, something to watch, um, even for, you know, somebody that's not an avid golfer, somebody that, you know, is really into golf. It's kind of, again, laid back atmosphere and, you know, uh, you know, different than what you would see if you're watching golf right. like normally. I'd so. be curious how the, the, the rankings for the, the viewing of, of this goes compared mm-hmm. to some of the other yeah, matches. Years past, right. See, see if this is more Comparable, to yeah, people right, or, or right, less intriguing. Right, right. Um, you know, because at this point, I mean, yeah, there's not many other iterations that they can right. do that they haven't already done other than adding new people right. that, you know, haven't done it in the past or, you know, whatnot. So, um, obviously, they mixed it up, adding the women into this into this thing. Um, Maybe next time do NBA versus WNBA. On the <laughs> yeah, golf right, right. Like that, yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Um, so, we'll see what they what they do. But, yeah, again, Monday, Monday night, Monday evening, uh, you know, taking place 12 holes under the lights in, in West Palm Beach. Um so it's gonna be gonna be exciting stuff, and see who who uh, claims victory amongst you know amongst the four golfers. So it's gonna be gonna be exciting stuff. Something to something to watch again. Usually Monday nights are kind of with no football on Monday right. nights anymore. It's kind of a boring you know night of the week. But you know you got got an event to keep you keep you busy, keep your sports fix going. So yeah, sure. all right, well then uh, moving over then to uh, to the ice hockey rink and uh, talking a couple of uh, coaching. Some personnel moves here, both in the NHL and the NBA, but going to get started in the NHL first. Uh, you know, local team to us here yeah. in the in the studio, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, decided to to move on from their from their GM after uh, eleven plus seasons being being with the Blue Jackets, longest tenured uh, GM in Blue Jackets history. Uh, yeah, Yarmo Kella. Linen, yeah, Kekalainen. You would probably mess that up. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, the Blue Jackets decided it was it was time to time to move on. Needed somebody different in that in that position, and and you know move it move a different direction. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts? You yeah, know? You, you know, it, it felt like it was time after the Jackets started the season sixteen twenty six and ten mm-hmm. in a negative forty one goal differential. Yeah. I, I mean, I know he's the GM. He's right. he's not coaching these guys. Right, right. He's not putting the, the team on the ice per right, se. Right. But you know, he, he did put all these guys together. Makes, makes so, the moves. Yeah. So you know, I, I think just the, the way this team's played, it, it kind of showed out to be time. Right. And you know, the way the season started too, it, it all it all started off bad when they right. hired Mike Babcock, oh, yeah. and then that yeah. was an immediate resignation right. for player privacy violations mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that just didn't didn't work out and right. people blamed Yarmo for that from <laughs> right. the beginning right. so it, it's just kind of been a disaster from the beginning mm-hmm. and it, like I said it, it was time but right. you know over his tenure though you, you got to give him a lot of credit for what he did with this team mm-hmm. the Jackets were a combined 410 362 97 and they had five playoff appearances and even had a stunning first round sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning in right. 2019 right that, yeah you know brought a lot of excitement to Columbus so mm-hmm. You know, thank, thanks to Yarmo for for all the good times. <laughs> right, I mean, right. you, you hate to see it go this way right, and, and right. him have to go that way, but 
you could you just tell it's no. time. So you know uh, the the owner John Davidson's going to take over for now. Mm -hmm. uh, him and the 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 uh, uh, hockey operations staff are yep. going to take over the GM duties until they can bring somebody else right. in finish so, out the season. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what what they can do in the offseason. I got to imagine they're going to hire a new coach and in, in, oh, yeah. in everything in the oh, offseason yeah. and, mm -hmm. and try to try to get this thing back on track. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. As the old saying goes, you know, the you know, good things must come to an end, you right. know. Uh, but you know, all good things come to an event come to an end eventually and uh, yeah, there was you know, it was kind of an up and down roller coaster with Yarmo, you know, obviously been there with 11 seasons and it took a while before all of it kind of somewhat kind of came together and you know, the the Jackets finally were able to make their first playoffs ever, mm -hmm. made a splash, you know, whatever, um, you know, got their first Made the playoffs, got their first playoff series win in, in you know, franchise history with the, yeah, unbelievable sweep of, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, you know, were the best team in hockey that year. Um, so, you know, good good for them. It just, you know, never transpired anything more than that. You know, they were able to make, make the playoffs a couple of seasons during his tenure, but just never were able to advance much past the, you know, past the first, after the first round, never got any further, right. any further than that. Um and you, you could just see the trend starting. This isn't something that just happened this year. Right. I mean, the Blue Jackets have been bad for Last a couple of seasons yeah. now. Um, and, and you could see it, just some of the, the personnel moves of trading away this player or trading away that player and bringing it's like, in It's like they guys. wanted to bring some splash names right, in, but right. they, they didn't they haven't bring guys out. that would gel. Yeah, yeah they just haven't, haven't quite panned out the way that they, you know, had hoped it was, you know, bringing in Patrick Laine hasn't, you know, played out quite the way that they had hoped. Johnny, you know, Johnny Hockey, yeah. you know, brought him in. And it, and I think, again, those guys are big splashes on the offensive, you know, side mm -hmm. of, of the ice, but – the, the problem, at least from what I have seen, it's been the and defense goal, is yeah. so bad um, that, you know, you can score 10 goals. You know, even last night, you know, I, I saw, you know, the Blue Jackets won, you know, miraculously. They won 7-4, to four, huh. but they were up 3 to nothing in the first period. After the end of the second period, it was 4-4. Four to four. Right. They almost lost a game after being up 3 nothing in right. the first period, and they wind up scoring three goals in the third period to, to, to clinch it. But, right. you know, it just seems like, with the Blue Jackets, that's not sustained. You can't mm -hmm. score, you know, the Blue Jackets are not set up to score seven goals every, every game. Yeah. And obviously the, the Ducks, who they played, are not a good team either. So that helps or contributes as well. But to me, it seems like the defensive side has been where the Blue Jackets have really fallen off since right. getting rid of, you know, John Tortorella, you know, a handful of seasons ago. Just that toughness, that grit, whatever, just not there anymore on the on the defensive side of, of the ice. Um, you know that that's where I've seen the biggest decline for the Blue Jackets, and an area where whoever comes in, new coach, new GM, whatever, I expect them to focus on that on that side, bring in and up you know somebody in goal, better defenseman, something right. like that to 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 really bolster that thing because if they can get line a if they can get Goudreau if they can get all those guys to play well on the you know what they do best on the offensive right. end and get, and get the defense I, I think they'll be you know they'll they'll be right there it's just it's a process it's right. not something that happens overnight um and so you know it just yeah you you hinted at it <laughs> the season got off to I can't even say the season because the season hadn't even quite <laughs> right. started yet but it had gotten off to a rocky start already with you know bringing in a, a new coach that you know 
coached the Maple Leafs, had had, you know, great success with the Maple Leafs, making the playoff, whatever. It seemed like a, a great hire. And right. then, you know, of course, it doesn't it work south. out. You know, right. didn't work out the way that they intended it. And, you know, good or bad or fair or unfair, the GM always takes, you know, takes the hit or, you right. know, takes takes the brunt of that sometimes. So, uh, but, yeah, I think Yarmo set, set the – you know, put the, the building blocks in place. Uh, but yeah, I think it was time to time to move on, mm -hmm. find somebody else, and and you know continue to to build this thing. Um, obviously, with the Blue Jackets being one of the worst teams in hockey, they're going to have a, a, a top pick again. You know, coming up in this NHL draft, whether they use it to draft, you know, one of the prospects, or they use it to swing a player, or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Obviously, what the combination of new coach, new GM, what, what route they decide to decide to go there. But, uh, yeah, at, at this point, you know, Blue Jackets season, you know, <laughs> a, a wash at this right. point playing, you know, just for, for dignity at this, at this point. And we'll, we'll see what they, what they decide to do in the off season. But, uh, I, I fully expect them to go on the, on the defensive side and, and try to, you know, clean, clean things up there on, on the defense. But, who knows? Maybe they trade away their team again, and you know we we start, start all fresh. over again. So we will we will see what what happens. All right. Well, uh, moving over to the NBA, then uh, another personnel move at the head coaching position for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, fired Jacques Vaughn um, after a little over two seasons with the right. with the team. Um, you know, started out the season eh, halfway decent, but December and January really yeah. took a took a downturn. Um, Matt, any any thoughts on this on this move here? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really know what they all expected out of them mm -hmm. after they really traded away. You know, they they built that roster right. they, when they brought in James Harden. Right. They, they brought in Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant yeah. and the Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. You know, they, yeah. they they thought they had the the star studded right. lineup right. and. Then they send all those guys out of town, and right. they're they're just young. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I, I don't really know what they're expecting from this group. Yeah. I mean, if, if they're hanging around 500, I think they're probably doing okay for mm -hmm. for their for their age. But yeah. you know, and and last year he he almost made the play, or he did make the playoffs. Yeah. I think got, with, that, with that group. They got swept, but yeah, but, they did so make, I mean, yeah. you know, he, after he, all the personnel trades right. and everything yeah. like that, so yeah. he had things kind of rolling. Right. And like I said, his season started out pretty well so yeah. you know I, I think he could have been given a little more time he, his tenure ended up at 71 and 68 as head coach he's yeah. 21 and 33 this season mm, right right so I mean you know I'm kind of indifferent about it right. I, I don't think you're going to get much more out of anybody else you bring in with no. with the talent you got on the team right. so I, right. I think they could they could have hung on to him but yeah I, I can I can see the reasoning why he, he's out of a job and yeah. you know also, what they expect from him when they hired him? Because right. he had coached before that three seasons in Orlando, <laughs> yeah. and he was fifty-eight and one fifty-eight in his right. three seasons in Orlando. <laughs> right. So right. I, I don't know what they thought they were getting right. or, or what results they were looking for from mm -hmm. a guy who already had a not very successful tenure as a head coach. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to make a make a good assistant for somebody. Right. I, right. Just, I don't think right now head yeah. coaching's in his immediate future. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting because this was kind of his second go round as the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets uh, because back in you know 2020 uh, March 2020 right before you know right before the NBA somewhat paused because of COVID and all mm -hmm. that stuff the Nets fired their head coach kind of right before that and promoted Jacques Vaughn to take over the rest of the season which was not the same rest of the season that we were used to seeing right. because they took basically like several months off before they went to the bubble in Disney World. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, he had success there. They went seven and three. They made the playoffs in in the bubble, if you right. will. You know, didn't didn't transpire to anything, uh, but you know, had a decent record. Was able to you know right the ship and you know keep the Nets and you know make a make a playoff berth in that you know in the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of that season, the Nets decided not to hire him as the head coach. But he did decide to stay on as the assistant coach. Yeah where the Nets then hired Steve Nash to take over, right. who they thought was, you know, a big splash. And even though not having any prior NBA head coaching, obviously a phenomenal player right. in, in his day, but no prior head coaching NBA experience. And it was, again, a mixed bag. Right. Uh, you know, they brought in all those, you know, phenomenal players and, you know, COVID was still going on and just a lot of drama on the team. And some things his fault, some things not, you know, right. whatever, some things he could control, some things he couldn't. Um, ultimately, you know, season or so ago, decided to fire Steve Nash, and they promoted Jock Vaughn to take over as the new interim coach, right. and they, you know, went 43, yeah, went 43 and 32 in that season, mm -hmm. made the playoffs again, got swept in the playoffs, but, you know, righted the ship, because up until that point, the Nets were god-awful, right. um, but righted the ship, made the playoffs, you know, tried to, you know, do what he could in the in the playoffs, and then, you know, this season, again, just went went south. Right. Um, after they, you know, traded away all their star players, uh, you know, their, their their best player at this point is, you know, Mikhail Bridges, who they, you know, acquired from the Suns right. when they made all the different trades and whatnot. Um, they, they got a lot of young, good pieces, I think. They just don't have, you know, they don't have enough to compete in an Eastern Conference right now to, to, to be competitive. I think at this point, the way that their roster is set up, their hope is make a playoffs and, and right. see what we can do kind of thing. I, I don't think that they're built to be the elite team in the East yet, just yet, right. um, you know, to take on the Bostons, the Philadelphias, the Milwaukee's of, of the Eastern Conference at the moment. But they, you know, have promoted Kevin Ollie, who you may or may not recognize, uh, was a head coach at the University of Yukon, won a national championship with the Huskies back in 2014. Uh, played 13 seasons in the NBA as well. Um, you know, a guy that does have, you know, quite a bit of, of coaching experience. Um, we'll see, you know, has been with the with the Nets since the beginning of the season here. Uh, we'll see what he's able to do in the, you know, 20 to 30 games that they, that they do have left. Um, obviously, with the way that the play-in tournament works, I mean, no team is really Ever out, out of it at this, at this point unless you are – you know, the Detroit Pistons at this point. Um, but, you know, so there is still opportunity there. Uh, you know, going to take a lot of work, a lot of effort, but, you know, the Nets are still still right there in it. Um, so, you know, at this point, you know, I think Kevin Ollie is probably coaching to possibly be the next head coach with the right. Nets. I mean, it's a big name, a guy that has previous coaching experience at the college level, uh, you know, has a little bit of experience here in the NBA level. I think if he's able to – you know, somewhat put something together here. And I, it may not even mean making the playoffs, right, but being, push. just being competitive. Yeah. I think he may be the next head coach with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and, you know, if he is, like I mentioned, at the moment the Nets' best player is probably Mikhail Bridges. So their idea or, you know, in the, in the offseason is going to be how do we surround pieces, mm -hmm. parts, whatever, to build around, build around him. And they're in no better situation – right now that to do that they're they're one of the teams that at the end of the season has 
one of the, the biggest, you know, salary cap space that they, you know, in the NBA, they have one of the biggest ones to spend money. And because of all the trades, they have a ton of draft capital as well. Whether they use that for picks or they swing veteran players, yeah. they are set up in a good way for whoever does take over the head coaching position to make some moves and, and really make this team into whatever they'd like to see it made right. into at this point and build build the team and have an identity at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so they are set up very, very well to, uh, you know, succeed after, you know, after the season is over. Um, like I mentioned, we got about, you know, 20 to 30 games left. Uh, you know, the, the Nets sitting at, you know, 21 and 33. Again, yeah. not not horrible, not hateful. Uh, you know, kind of going to be some work. I'm not going to say that, you know, they're going <laughs> to miraculously be in it, you know, after the first week. They're going to have to do the best they can and get some help as well, I think, at the same time. So it will be uh it will be interesting to see, yeah, what, what the Nets do uh the rest of the rest of the season. But uh yeah, Jock Jock Vaughn no longer taking over as the you know, as the Nets head coach, you know, on the outside looking in. Um Kevin Ollie gonna take over for the Nets and see what see what he can do as a as an NBA head coach here uh with, with the Brooklyn Nets. So see what happens. Right. All right, well, we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us. We're going to talk more basketball, but going to go down to, the, down to the college ranks a little bit. So stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, like I mentioned before the break, going to talk college basketball the rest of the night here. Um, if you didn't notice or you don't know, probably the best time in sports is getting ready to come upon us here in, love in March Madness. March Madness. Um, so, you know, to the, the NCAA men's committee to tease us a little bit here, they, uh, you know, revealed, you know, if the season were to start today or, you know, the tournament were to start today, mm-hmm. here's our top 16 teams, which, you know, translates to, the four number one seeds, the four number two seeds, the four three seeds, and the four four seeds at this point. Um, you know, they revealed revealed those to us. Um, you know, so I'll I'll run through those pretty pretty quickly here. Um, give you give you some insight and I will run through them in the order one through sixteen that you know the the you know committee revealed them in. So um, the one seeds, we got Purdue was deemed the number one overall seed in the in the bracket. Um, you know, the number one, number one, if you will, uh, UConn, the other number one, Houston and Arizona to round out the number one seeds. Um, the two seeds, the, the number one, two seed, we got North Car- the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, Tennessee, Marquette, and then Kansas to round out the two seeds. Uh, then the three seeds, we got the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Baylor Bears, the Iowa State Cyclones, and then rounding out the three seeds, we got the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, then lastly, the, the four seeds, uh, we got the Auburn Tigers, uh, San Diego State, 
Illinois and Wisconsin to finish out, you know, all the, you know, the top 16 teams as if, you know, these were revealed on Saturday, you know, Saturday at like noon. Um, so, you know, that was if the season were to start, you know, on, on Saturday, this is what we, what we would see as far as the top 16, you know, teams go. Right. Um, Matt, any, any thoughts on, on the top 16 seeds? Anything that sticks out to you? I mean, to me, kind of the, the two biggest surprising things are both Big Ten teams, one at the top and one at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I, I really – I mean, UConn's kind of been the consensus AP number one all season long. Yeah. And yet all of a sudden Purdue's sitting ahead of them mm -hmm. with one extra loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I was a little surprised there to see Purdue being the, the number one overall, especially after that loss to Ohio State. Yeah who hasn't been playing well at all right, this right. year. So, you know, that was a little surprising there. Right. And then seeing Wisconsin uh, coming in here at number 16, mm -hmm. if you look at the AP poll right now, they're not even ranked in the AP top 25. Right. They'd be slotted in about 28 or 29 in the mm -hmm. AP. Mm -hmm. So a little surprising that big jump up to 16 here. Right. I, right. I mean, I know the Big Ten's a tough conference. Kind of down this year from mm -hmm. years past, yeah. though. So yeah. Kind of surprising the, the the love they're getting there, mm -hmm. getting in at that 16 spot. Right, right. Um, you know, I think Purdue got the benefit of the doubt. You know, they revealed this on Saturday. They lose on Sunday. Right. You know, if that had happened, you know, then we probably would would have seen UConn at the top seed. But interesting enough, I think it was Tuesday night, Monday or Tuesday night, UConn got beat too. So <laughs> it's like, you know, who's who is the real number one? As right. we have noticed the last, you know, several years in, in college basketball, um, you know, it seems like, yeah, we – we come into March and we, we nobody have wants yeah nobody wants to be that truly dominant dominant team. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting for me. You know, looking at looking at the metrics, you know, at, for for the one seeds. I think why they landed on Purdue. If you look at Purdue, Connecticut, and Houston, if you look at those quad one victories, mm. which you know. Every game is separated into a quad one, quad two, quad three, and right. quad four, you know, uh, game. Um, and it's based on metrics against ranked teams at home, on the road, you know, all that stuff. That's what deems it quad one, quad two, quad three, right. quad four. Well, between Purdue, Connecticut, and Houston, all three of them are nine and three in quad one games. But I think what separates Purdue, at least when this was revealed at the time, was that Six of those nine quad one wins are against other teams that are in this top 16. Okay. They've knocked off Arizona, Alabama, Tennessee, Marquette, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Yeah. And even more impressive is that of those six wins, all but one of them was on the road. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that to me was the difference factor – because if you look at, you know, UConn and Houston, they don't have – they do have top wins quad one-wise, right. but not as many against these top teams that are in this top 16 yeah. and not as many on, the, on mm -hmm. the road per se. So I think that was, to me, the determining factor or kind of, you know, where they – you know, how they justified putting Purdue at, at number – the number one, number one, right. if you will. Um, for me, what gets muddled is probably everything kind of – after that in the middle yeah, yeah. Um, because you know this may be just me you know my duke bias if mm. you will but looking at overall records mm -hmm. quad one wins some of these teams that are ranked above duke as far as seeding goes right. either have a worse overall record right or have fewer quad one win i mean 
the number one three seed, Alabama, mm-hmm. has is three and six in quad one wins. Right. Duke, on the other hand, is six and two against quad one, you know, in quad one games. Um, you look at Baylor, six and five in quad one games, and Duke has a victory on a neutral court against Baylor, <laughs> um, and and we're still sitting, you know, at the basement of number three now. Again, a lot has changed. Baylor has since lost again. Um, Alabama had a close game last night. Iowa State has since lost again as well. Mm-hmm. So, again, lots of things. There's still about, you know, five or six games left in the season, so right. a lot of things can change. A lot of things can happen. It's just interesting to me what did the committee really use as mm-hmm. there because in years past it's always been these quad one wins is what they use to kind of, you know, rank the teams. Right. And to me that doesn't really – add up this year at least you know at least from what I'm what I'm looking at uh, just because all these teams don't have very good quad one records but Mm -hmm. somehow they're higher than other teams that have better quad one records so um, it it is interesting to see uh, you know yeah Wisconsin obviously has you know fallen off quite a bit because I mean it's interesting that they're even in the four spot because all this happened after they had lost like four or five games in a row in right. the Big Ten, some of them to good teams, some of them to bad teams, yeah. and somehow they're still in the top 16 at this point. Right. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned, not even ranked in the top 25. I mean, it, it, that, that's a tough, a tough sell in my right. opinion. Um, but, you know, a little bit of history for you in this top 16 reveal um, if you're trying to, you know, pick your winner in March already – Outside of UConn winning the national championship last year, since they've started doing this reveal, it's they've been doing it now for, I think, six or seven years now, UConn last year was the only team to win the national championship that was not in this top 16 when they revealed it. Hmm. So, you know, playing the odds here, one of these 16 teams here is your national champion. Now, again, not a great large sample size, Six or seven years, not right. not a huge sample size, but again, enough to make a pretty good judgment that somewhere in here you got your national champion. Now, um, like I said, they've been doing this for about six or seven years, so we've had 96 teams that have been um, revealed in this top 16. Um, 80 out of those 96, you know, if they were – on this initial reveal, 80 of those 96 teams have stayed in the top four when we actually make the selection Sunday. Oh, wow. So a pretty high chance that if you're in this top 16 to start, you're more than like – you may not be the number one seat. You may change seating, right. but you're in the top four. Some, you're in the top 16 somewhere. I'd be interested if any of them have ever had such a downfall that they didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, I don't think – I don't <laughs> think um, – I, I meant to look at it, I think – uh, one year there was not anybody that like didn't make the tournament, but right. went from like a one seed to like a four seed. I forget exactly which team it was, but there was you know a team that has had quite a bit of downturn, but nobody right. that has yeah gone from <laughs> you know being in this top sixteen to all of a sudden um, outside looking in. Yeah, outside looking in. Um, so you know to that, if you're in this now, you're more than likely going to be in it, you know, right. come Selection Sunday, uh, unless, you know, some really drastic things drastic things happen at this point. Um, but also at the same time, um, it, it, it's 
interesting because the one seeds, I think nobody really can argue with that. I think those the four teams that we have there are probably the four best teams at, at the moment right. in, in college, college basketball. Um, and the committee thought so too. They had the exact order. All 12 of the members had Purdue, Connecticut, Houston, Arizona in that order, right. one through four in the, in the one, in the one seeds. Um, so they knew they, they felt confident those were the four best teams and they felt in that order, right. those were the four best teams. Um, the Big 12, they got, you know, looking at the current bracket, not just the top 16, but the whole bracket as a whole, they have a possibility to get nine or ten teams into this into the big dance. And obviously, the more teams you put in, the better opportunity you have to win right. the whole thing. Yep. Um, but, you know, we have seen in years past, Big 10, you know, I'm looking at you, that <laughs> right. have, have had ten Eight. teams, you know, 11 teams, right. 12 teams, and most of them get beat in the first round, and yeah. you know you got one team that made it to the elite eight or something like that. So it's yeah. not always, you know, not always plays out that way. Um, that's why we, you know, love March Madness. That's why you know it is, you know, the the best time, the best you know tournament structure at mm -hmm. this point. Um, but to me, just outside of the of the seating, some of the locations don't make sense either mm -hmm. because. You know, you look at, uh, let's see, what am I looking at here? Um, for instance, in, in looking at the, at the two, the two seeds, you got North Carolina over in the east. Okay, that's good. You know, east coast, North Carolina, whatever. But then you go to Tennessee, who's the second best number two seed, so you would think would have their pick of where they would like to go. Right. You get stuck in the Midwest while Marquette, who's more of a Midwest team, right. gets stuck in the South, and then you got Kansas out West. So it, it's all jumbo. I mean, obviously Kansas is just going to get whatever's left over because they're the last number two seed. But it doesn't get any better in the three seeds either. I mean, outside of Alabama, Alabama gets the South region as the number one three seed. Then you go Baylor, Midwest. Okay, kind of makes, makes sense. Iowa State out East. But then, again, Duke all the way out, out West. Right. Um which I think that Duke should be a little bit higher in the three seed ranking, but you know that's just that's just me. Um, but then Auburn gets gets screwed as the number one number one four seed. Mm -hmm. They're all the way out in the West, even though they're the best of the four seeds. They right. go all the way out out West. You got San Diego State, a Western Conference team that's headed to the Midwest, <laughs> and then you got Illinois headed to the South, and the Wisconsin Badgers headed to the East. So right. to me, it, it's all like nobody's getting any right. Yeah, advantage. you're not getting anything here, and and that's you know, the higher you are, usually the typically the better location that you get. Right. Um, you know, so we'll see again. Lots of games, you know, still five games, five six games to go in the regular season, plus you know whatever happens in the conference tournaments. Right. So still a lot of moving parts and moving pieces that, you know, could change things here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see see what happens when, you know, Selection Sunday, you know, coming up right. in, a, in a couple so, of weeks. So if you're playing the odds and, yeah. and one of these yeah. is your champion, right? who you got? I mean, I can tell you who I don't got. <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, <laughs> Purdue fans, you know, I'm sorry. Not happening. It ain't happening. I, I, I'm just not impressed. If they win it, you know, hats off to them because at this point, every time Purdue's in the tournament and they have a great team, they get put out in the first or second round. Right. They're the number one at the moment, you know, number one, number one. 
I don't like my odds there to for them to you know advance much past the second round at this point. I just you know playing the odds game at this right. point. Um, you know I I don't know it, with as many losses as you know I mean there's you know outside of Purdue, UConn, Houston. I mean everybody else behind them has five or more losses at this right. point. Uh, it, it March Madness has become more madness than it has mm-hmm. been in, in years past. Um, I mean we had you know. UConn and, and what, FAU or San Diego State playing for the national championship last year. Right. I mean, it, it it's, you know, going to continue to get, get crazy. I, I like this Connecticut team. I, I, I It's tough to go back-to-back. Back. You know, my money is not on UConn to repeat just right. because of how tough it is and how few few of teams that have actually done it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, if, if I had to pick – you know, out of the one seeds, a possible team. I, I, I like Arizona. I mean, this is a team that can score the basketball. Uh, looks like an NBA team when it mm-hmm. comes to scoring the basketball. Um, gets, you know, out west, gets, you know, their, where they want to be, you know, right. their, their home crowd behind them. Um, you know, so if I'm picking, picking one seeds, which, again, it's very tough even for one seeds to win a national championship. I like Arizona to, right. to win it all. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, you know, if, if I'm taking one of these one seeds, I'll go completely different than you, the one you didn't talk about. Houston. That, that's Houston. Okay. That's just because I love their style of play. Yeah, yeah. Defense, defense, oh, yeah. defense, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. They're in your face all game long. They make you work for oh, yeah. every point you get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they can go on a couple-week run of just playing phenomenal defense. Right, right. There's not a team they can't Suffocate beat. you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. As much as Arizona scores the basketball, Houston, yeah. you know, does just as well to limit yeah, you from scoring the basketball. And, you know, they've been playing in the Big 12 all season long, which yeah, has yeah, been one of the up. best conferences oh, yeah. in basketball yeah, this year. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I like I like that. They'll be coming in hot. They'll be ready to go. That that defense is just blistering. Yeah. Uh, I think out of the ones, that would be my choice. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good insight there. Obviously, yeah, a lot of people thought Houston might fall off joining the Big 12, you know, joining a conference that, you know, has tough teams like Kansas, Baylor, right. you know, uh, a lot of those, a lot of those good teams that they have. Um, you know, you thought there's no way Houston can continue to do what they do. But right. They've shown that they are a good team no matter what conference they're in, and and uh, you know, better than <laughs> the Blue Bloods of the yeah. Big Twelve. You know, at the at the moment. So, yeah, that that's you know some good insight. Yeah, Houston's playing playing well. Um, yeah, we'll see what what they're able to do. You know, tournament wise. So. All right, well, sticking with college basketball and sticking with March Madness and NCAA tournament time, well, you know, for all the teams that get in, there's equally or more teams that don't get in. So we're going to do our best at the moment, at today's moment, to give you our thoughts on whose bubble's staying, whose bubble's bursting at this point. Uh, So we're going to go through a handful, uh, about I think it's eight teams that we got here on the slate uh, from different conferences, going to give our thoughts on if we were the committee – are they in or are they out? Right. Um, so we'll start. We'll start here over in the ACC. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, currently seventeen and nine, eight and seven in the ACC. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts? In or out? I'm going. I'm going out right now. Okay. Their, their best wins on the season were against at the time number seven Duke yep. and number twenty one Virginia. Yep. But the ACC in general has just it's been, down. been down this yeah. year. Yep. It's not not what it's been in the past yep. and. You know, really, the, the the litmus for getting in the tournament's always been that twenty game mark. So mm-hmm. clearly, you know, right now, if any team's under twenty, I'm right. not saying out for sure, but right, right. they got some work to do. And yeah. you know, at seventeen and nine, in a in a, I'd say almost a mediocre ACC this mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. 
th this couple of big wins aren't enough to, to get them in at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I got them out at mm -hmm. the moment. Um, you did mention it, the two big wins that they do have, not only were they against two ranked, you know, one of the few only ranked teams in the, in the ACC, but they were both on the road, mm -hmm. which I think goes a long Helps. way, yeah. goes a long way. But I think but, – but they, they – to, to me, they have a very bad loss as well. They have a loss at home against a Missouri team that's only won eight games this yeah. year uh, and hasn't won a single SEC game. Right. Um, that one is a, is a big a big blemish on the on the record there. And I think I think personally, Pittsburgh has to win. Not I'm not saying maybe win out, but has to win it good amount of the remaining games right. that they have and, have, and have a decent run in the tournament to solidify their chance to make the make you know make it into the big dance because if you look at the regular season they only have one quad win quad one game left and it is on the road against Clemson who is one of the better teams in the ACC not a ranked team but right. one of the better teams in the ACC and that's it that's the only game they got left on their schedule that is one of those top tier right. games so you got to make all the ones count at this point, and then I think do some damage in the ACC tournament right. as well. So, all right, moving to the uh, to the Big Ten, uh, we got the the Wildcats from Northwestern, uh, currently eighteen and eight, nine and six in the Big Ten. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts here? You like the Wildcats' chances? You know, I, I said last in the last uh, segment there, I said twenty wins was kind of the litmus, but. You know, I actually like Northwestern at 18 and 8. Mm -hmm. they, they beat the number one team in the country yeah. overall right now in Purdue. Yeah. They beat the number 10 team in the country in Illinois. Yeah. They, they've played good basketball this year. I, I like how they're playing. Uh, the yeah. Big Ten always gets a lot of love when it comes to tournament time. So mm -hmm. I think being in the Big Ten helps them here. Yeah. I, I like Northwestern to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I, got, I, like the, I like the Wildcats. If we were picking today, I like the Wildcats to be in the, be in the mix. Um, you mentioned it; those two big games, or you know, two wins against the top, excuse me, top teams in the in the Big Ten. Um, a four and six record, you know, in quad one, you know, quad one victories, five and one in quad two. Um, you know, those those are some you know pretty pretty decent records in the top you know top half of the of the NCAA. You know, whatever uh, they do, got a couple of um, they do have a couple of um, quad one games coming up uh, against Maryland on the road and against Michigan State on the road. So. Um, again, foot still has to be on the gas pedal. You know, if they were to have a couple of losses, I'd say they're out, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it's not like they're for sure in at this point. They right. still, you know, got to, got to maintain, you know, do, do the status quo at this point and, you know, just maintain. But if we're just looking at resume right now, I, I like the Wildcats to, to be in the mix there. Absolutely. Uh, moving to the, to the big 12, uh, you know, Traditional, somewhat blue blood in the in in the basketball ranks. Uh, you got the Texas Longhorns, uh, seventeen and nine, but six and seven in the in the Big Twelve. Um, I currently have them out at okay. the moment. Um, they do have some solid wins in the yeah. big in the Big Twelve. Um, they have a a home game that they beat number nine Baylor on the road against then ranked number eleven Oklahoma. And a road victory against that at the time number twenty-five TCU. Yep. Their worst loss at the moment uh, for me, they went on the road to West Virginia and lost that game. West Virginia nine and seventeen overall, four and nine in the Big Twelve. So not a good, you know, not a good look there. Quad one, you look at their, you know, quad 
you know, records. They're four and seven in quad one, mm-hmm. only one and one in quad two. So I just don't think that there's not a lot of, lot of quality, there, you know, yeah. quality games in that top half there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the four and seven record, not great. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these other teams have a lot more quad two games right. and have good records in those quad two games as well. Um, but to me at the moment, the Longhorns are out. But of probably the teams that we're going to talk about here, maybe there's a couple others, but I think Texas really controls their own destiny. Mm-hmm. And here's why. They got, like I said, most teams have about five or six games left. Texas has four quad one games the rest of the season. Yeah, you win all four of those. And You're all, jumping up. Actually, I take that back. Three, three of them, three out of the remaining five or six games, and all three of them are on the road. So if there's a team that can make a jump, right. it's, it's right here for Texas. Um, and I think it, what Texas team are we going to get at this point? Because they've been up and down. They've, they've beaten some good teams, but they've looked bad against some right. you know, bad teams as well. So it, it's really depend. You know, they have a chance to make their season right mm-hmm. here in this you know, last kind of week or two in the, in the regular season. Yeah, yeah that, this was one I really kind of struggled mm-hmm. with, you know, looking at it. Like yeah. you said, they beat number nine Baylor, number 11 Oklahoma, number 25 TCU. Yeah. The Big 12 has gotten a ton of love yeah. so far yeah. this season. Right. But, but for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned, I had them out as well. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think, like you said, they've got some work to do. Mm-hmm. 17 wins, it, it's, it's, tough. It's, it's a tough, it's yeah. a tough number to, right. to get in at this point. Like right. I said, 20 is the litmus, mm-hmm. and they got to at least win three more to get there. So, right. I mean, right. they've got their work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they, they've got the, the body of work, if, if they win them, mm-hmm. yep. to, to control their way in. Yep. And really, they jump from a bubble watch team to probably a seven or eight. Right, right. You know, yeah, they could really, win those three games, really so. move up the board there yeah. for sure as far as seating goes. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what you know. Texas is able to do, able to do the last you know few games here. Um, moving over then to the uh, to the to the Big East, uh, we got the Providence Friars, uh, currently eighteen and nine, eight and seven in in the Big East play. Again, another team that I have out at the, at the moment. Um, they do have some quality wins. Uh, they beat number six Marquette and number nineteen Creighton. Both of those games did come at home. Um, and to me, this one was a tough one because you look at Providence's worst loss and it was hard to really find one. They do have a loss on a neutral court against Kansas state. Who's 15 and 11 overall, uh, five and eight overall in the big 12. Um, but again, still has a winning record at this point, you know, not, not the greatest record, but you know, still not, not horrible. Um, to me, it comes down to Again, going looking at the top quad wins. Uh, Q1, they're five and six, decent. Right. Q2, though, they're three and three. Um, and and after that, they have no, they played no Q3 opponents. They're zero and oh. zero in Q3, and then they're ten and zero in in Q4. Right. Um, again, just like Texas, this is a team that, that controls their own destiny. Three of the remaining five six games, they go on the road to Xavier, a Q1 game on the road to number seven Marquette, who they've already beat, a Q1 game. And then they somewhat finish up the season with a Q1 game against the number one ranked team in UConn at this point. So, again, lots of opportunities to move themselves up, just like Texas. I think that they have a a good opportunity to really set themselves apart here the last week week or two of the season. Yep, I probably couldn't have said it much better myself. I have Providence currently out as well. You know, like I said, that's – 
they're two games away from that 20, which I, I, they have the ability to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, like mm-hmm. you said, they, they, I think they can kind of control their, control their own destiny. Right. Their their big wins though, number six Marquette and mm-hmm. number nineteen Creighton, just don't feel right. as big as some of the other big wins mm-hmm. that these other teams have had. Yeah, yeah. it's just they're not really passing the eye test right. to me right now. Yeah. So. I'm with you on that. Providence out right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think both of those wins against those top teams were very close, like mm-hmm. one, two points, you know, so, you know, hard to say that they really dominated right. in those games. That, that it, You know, one bucket goes a different way, and they're looking right. like a win to a loss or whatever. And instead of having nine losses, they got 10 or 11 losses, which is even further harder to make it into right. the big dance. So. Uh, then moving out, moving out west, uh, we got the uh, Washington State Cougars. Uh, they are twenty and six, and currently eleven and four in the Pac-12. Um, Matt, what do you what do you think here? You like the Cougars? So I, I do like them right now, yeah. but don't <laughs> love their body of work. Right. I mean, their their biggest win is number eight Arizona, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's about it. Yeah, it it helps though. Like I said, that they've got twenty wins. Right, I mean right. that that. Always seems to be the marker, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know they're currently ranked number twenty-one in the country too. Yeah. It's it, you'd be hard pressed to have a team in the top twenty-five not make, not the, make the tournament. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot going for them. You know the the AP loves them, the coaches love them. Yeah. If, if there's that much people that are pulling for them, mm-hmm. they're going to be in this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to me, I I like their chances. I have them in as well at the moment. Um, to me, they may not have a great body of work and in, in great wins. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a ton of there, – there's not – it was tough to find another, a game that they have a bad loss. The right. only one I could find that was, you know, a, a bad loss was a neutral site game against Santa Clara where – but, again, Santa Clara is 17-10 and 10 and 8-4 and four in their respective conference. Right. A, a team that's formidable and, you know, would probably give any top team a run okay, for their so. money. Um, so it's it's – it was it was tough to me to find a bad loss. I think yeah. that's what puts Washington State in at the moment, is that yeah they may not have a ton of great wins because the Pac-12 is is not good at all. Right. Uh, but they don't have a lot of bad. They don't have any bad losses really either. So I think they're just you know kind of doing what they need to do, beating the teams that they should beat. You know picking up a, a good win here and there, uh, and, and doing just enough to get to get in the tournament. They do have – they do get a rematch or they do play Arizona again. Right. This time it will be on the road to, you know, close out the season or, you know, one time to close out the season. So that I, would I be – I do think with their body of work, they've got to be careful. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they yeah. can't afford a right. couple of losses right. down the stretch. Right. That, could, that could potentially knock them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or an early exit possibly right. in the Pac-12 tournament or, you yeah. know, something like that. You know, yeah, they, they still have to, you know, play the status quo yeah. at this point to, yep. to keep – that solidified spot in there. So um, moving down down south or, you know, somewhat south, Midwest, whatever you want to call it, uh, the Texas A&M Aggies, uh, 15 and 11, 6 and 7 in the SEC. Um, you know, I, I'm almost going to guess that you probably have them out. <laughs> I, I have them out as well. <laughs> yes. um, and, you know, they do have two, two nice big wins, wins yeah. against at the time, number six ranked Kentucky and yeah. number six Tennessee, again got the luxury to play both of those teams at home when they when they pulled off those wins. But got eleven losses. Eleven so losses, and one of those losses coming to Vanderbilt, <laughs> who is seventeen seven and eighteen, Ugh. and has is two and ten in the SEC. Yeah. One of those two SEC wins is against Texas A and M. Right. Not a great body of work, in my opinion. You go. 
Q1, they got a winning record, six and five. So they're, they're able to beat these top teams, right. but then they lose to bad teams right. because you look at the rest, Q2, they're two and two. Q3, they're two and four. Jeez. And then Q4, they're they're five and zero. Oh, but right. you know, yeah, the Q3, two and four record, not not a good not a good look there. Uh, they do have a couple of quad one games on the road against number five Tennessee, and then on the road against Ole Miss. So, I I think of the teams that we're going to talk about, this is a team that has the most work to right. do. They they probably got to win out and do some damage in the SEC tournament. Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, at the moment. With 15 wins, only 11 losses, right. they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, you you want to compare them to another 15 win team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just beat the number one team in the country. Right, right. And, we're and, and nobody's gotta, talking we're about talking them. State, so right. I, I guess why are we even talking about Texas? Right, A&M? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so easy, easy enough. Um, yeah. You know. So we'll move on. Going back out west, uh, we got a couple of, I don't know, not sleeper teams, but you know, kind of mid-major teams, if right. you will. Um, we got the Nevada Wolfpack, uh, twenty-one and six, and then eight and five in the Mountain West. I currently have them in the tournament mm-hmm. at the moment. Twenty-one wins, kind of hard to keep them keep them out. Obviously, smaller conference. You know, right. these guys don't always get the love and attention. And you know, playing out Mountain West where the games are on at midnight every time, it's it's tough to get the exposure and right. things like that. But uh, they they got some you know some good wins against teams that were ranked in right. their conference. Yep. Um, you know and they don't really have a ton of bad losses. I mean, they do have one loss to Wyoming, who's 500 uh, overall, and six and seven in the Mountain West. Um, but overall, looking at the quad, you know, quad, you know, metrics: five and four in Q1, one and one in Q2, six and one in Q3, and, and nine and zero oh in Q4. Yeah. So they got, you know, decent records in all the different quads. Yeah. And still have you know some some upcoming games against teams in their conference that are quad one games as well. Um, so I like I like the Wolfpack's chances at the yep. at the moment. Yeah, same. They have three top twenty five victories: number twenty four Colorado State, number twenty two Utah State, number twenty fourth time San Diego State. Yeah. So you know they, they've been playing good basketball. They mm-hmm. they they play up to their their opponents there. You know mm-hmm. when they got ranked opponents, they're right. they're bringing their best ball. So yeah. they're, they're, I think I think right now they're. They're one of those teams that are in this in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to finish it up. Everybody's favorite one to talk about. Yeah, yeah. this one I think is going to be – I'm going to be interesting to hear your thoughts on this <laughs> one um, because uh, I, I think this – we may differ. I don't know. We'll right. see. But, uh, you know, a team that we're used to seeing in the big dance and making a splash and, you know, always talking as national title contenders, um, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, 20-6. Yep. and six, Ten and two in the West Coast Conference in their respective conference. Matt, I'd like to hear your thoughts. What, what do you like, in or out? All right. Well, I'm gonna probably say we're gonna differ because I'm guessing you're thinking out. I'm, and, I'm, I'm thinking out. I'm thinking in. Okay. The, you know, twenty and six. I, I know their biggest win right now is just against number seventeen Kentucky, right. but they're playing a lot better mm-hmm. as of late. Mm-hmm. They, they've mm-hmm. gotten hot down the stretch. Yeah. And. They've got that 20 wins, and they've got the gravitas of right, this right, thing. They, yeah. They've been in this tournament mm-hmm. year in and year out. They've right. been the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. People know them. Yeah. I, I think that helps a lot here. Yeah. I think that, that right. buys you a little extra love <laughs> mm-hmm. when it comes to getting into this tournament. Right. And, you know, they've got one more really big game on their schedule mm-hmm. against St. Mary's. Yep. If they can win that, they're yep. still not going to win their conference because St. Right. Mary's is undefeated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that – that would be enough to put them yeah. firmly into this thing. And, okay. you know, it, it, it's funny to me because Gonzaga, they go undefeated in the West Coast Conference, right. 
and they're a top five team. Right. Top two or three, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. But St. Mary's, Mary's undefeated in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. They're not even in the top 16. <laughs> like right, right. Who knows where they're going to right, fall right. in this thing. Yeah. I, I, I guess I don't understand why St. Mary's isn't getting any love mm-hmm. for doing the same thing Gonzaga's been doing for years. Right. I think at this point, or at least what we've noticed with Gonzaga the last several years, is not only have they had the record and, you know, I, I have, don't know. I haven't looked at St. Mary's body of work to see, you know, all the teams right. that they've played and who their best win might be. And, you know, obviously they do have a win against Gonzaga. They beat them earlier in the right. season. Um, but I think the notoriety as well, because not only has Gonzaga had good teams, but they've also brought in some top names in the recruiting right. cycle. St. Mary's may have very well done the same. I am right. not very familiar with the team. I, yeah. you know, you know, shame on me, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I think probably that plays into it is that yeah. Gonzaga – has been great, and they've also brought in top names that people recognize, right. that people are familiar with, and, and are some of the faces of college mm-hmm. basketball that that help that case. And uh, I guess they, I they, don't they think, were winning so big too. Right, like right. I don't know, St. Mary's is blowing people out. Right, like right, Gonzaga right. Did, but. Um, but like I mentioned, I have Gonzaga out yep. at the moment, and you mentioned it. The their best win on the slate is against Kentucky. That just happened within the last week of the season. Right. You look at the, the Q1 metrics, they're one in five. And this is, not, this is again, in, in playing in the smaller conference that Gonzaga does, right. the margin for error is not – it's, it's very small. Yep. Um, and years past, you know, that Q1 record has been the opposite. It's right. been five and one instead of one and five. And I think the, the, the margin is just so small for Gonzaga. I'm not saying that they won't make it in. Yeah. I just at the moment, if I'm picking, I, I'm saying they're they're out at the moment. But again, have opportunities left, yeah. but they've got to make make a real statement here in the last couple of weeks. I I feel to to make you know the committee really say, yeah, yeah. We're, we're putting them in there or whatever. So, so my my biggest thing with them was the the committee respect. Yeah, know, I mean they have the notoriety, yeah. they have the history, you know, all of that. Yeah. It's going to be tough to not include them. They're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right, yeah. Plus, I forget, like, if they don't make the tournament, this will be the first time in, like, I don't remember, it was like 20 or 30 years mm-hmm. that they haven't made the NCAA tournament, which is, like, NCAA record or one right. of the longest streaks in NCAA history. So we're looking at history here, made or broken at this point. Yeah. But I, I think Gonzaga, when it's all said and done, into the season – Tournaments are over. I think Gonzaga's in the tournament, mm-hmm. but at the moment, I don't. I don't see them see them in at the moment. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all we got for for tonight's show. So thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram at Fired Up underscore Podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up, Comma Sports Podcast. And be looking here soon. We just were talking March Madness. We will be bringing back our you know bracket challenge yes, like sir. we do every year. Um, so look for you know announcements on our social medias and you know on the show of how to get signed up for that. Always free to enter. We give prizes away for the top three you know top three place you know place people in our group. So join. It's always a good time. Again, free to enter. Nothing, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, completely free to enter. Right. If you don't know anything about college it basketball, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't cost you anything. Sometimes that's what – two-year-old wanted a couple years <laughs> Right, ago, that's, so, that's yeah. typically how it goes is that, you know, the people that don't know anything are the ones that, that win the whole yeah. thing. So 
you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out this year, but yeah, get, get, you know, look for that on our different social medias here in the next uh, couple of weeks to get, you know, signed up and join in on our, you know, our March Madness bracket challenge. Um, but as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on all the different podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big names, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.